Hello and welcome to We Never Met, the podcast where I have an interesting stranger on every single week. And this week it is Oliver. How's it going? Known but known on Instagram as Fixie, is that right? Correct. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Why why'd you go with that name instead of your actual name? Um because I feel like Oliver Clark is a pretty pretty cool name. It, yeah, I mean yeah. that's a it's a family name, I guess you could say. Like yeah. my dad's from England, so um but uh, yeah, the reason that I went with Fixie was because um, when I first started my Instagram account, I was um, riding a fixed gear bike every, oh. everywhere for like, that was my main mode of transportation. So like, is that tough? It's tough to ride a fixed gear bike, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Especially if you hit like a hill or something. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. It was a lot of exercise. I was probably riding like 50 to 60 miles a week. Jeez. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, I was in the best shape of my life. It felt great. Is that a... Uh... How so? How old is the Instagram account? Like a couple of years. Um, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I've been. I, I started a new account. I felt like I got stuck in a, a creative rut where okay. I just guess I kind of felt like I started to become a slave to my followers. Okay. And so I was not um, pursuing like things creatively that interested me sure more so as like I felt like I was pro- I felt the need to produce content that, that they like that my followers would like versus like what i enjoyed so before for what was how many followers did you have on that i had about eight thousand. wow that's a lot before and you just like that's that's a crazy thing to walk away from too because if you're like building that and like right you know you could make money and do like well yeah eventually so basically what i did is like i i shut it down um yeah it just went inactive i kind of deactivated it okay um and it was deactivated for like a year and a half and i've been on my you know new account yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the same name as my old account i just switched the names over to a okay. fresh account you I know gotcha. without a whole bunch of fake followers but okay. um what i did is i reactivated it recently and oh. um I deleted all of the content that I'd posted on there and okay. I changed the name to Ollie and Annie Photography. Okay. Um, which is my Your new, new business. my new yeah. business. Yeah. So we now have a, a bunch of followers on there, which is great. Um, yeah. so we can uh, reach a, a broader spectrum of people. Yeah. So uh, we can go into that. Like what what uh, kind of spurred you to start a new business and kind of go down that route? Because you guys do photography for everything, right? Like anything. Oh, yeah. Like weddings, part, whatever anybody would want. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's not specific is what I mean. No, like, not, not really. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I think that like there are certain things that we, you know, are more interested in taking sure. photos of those sure. than others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, I mean, yeah, the photography in general is just something that interests us. Um, but to kind of get to the root of that, yeah. um, I guess it was about like five or six months ago. Um, this is, you know. I don't really, it's kind of a little bit embarrassing, but you know, I'm ha- really happy I <laughs> yeah, did it. Yeah. Um, I was uh, the um, operations manager at the Italian Community Center. Oh, cool. So I was just basically oversaw daily operations for um, sure. the uh, catering venues. Um, okay. So the banquet spaces for the Bartolotta restaurant group. Oh, okay. Um, we were in the middle of doing like a 700 person breakfast. Wow. And um, well, we, we weren't in the middle. We just kind of got into the tail end of it. But sure. we realized that, you know, there were um, 30 people who were dairy free um, that oh. we had forgotten to give them their fruit plates for oh, okay. um, for dessert because everybody else. I forgot what the dessert some was. Some dairy it had, product. It had, yeah. it had dairy. In yeah. It. Yeah. And we just completely forgotten. And it was like 45 minutes after, um, you know, the, the dessert service had happened yeah, yeah. that I just kind of realized. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And then I just kind of like, 
I don't really know how to describe it. I went into the kitchen. Yeah. I went into the walk-in cooler and I was by myself and it yeah. was really cool. And I was yeah. just like, it was, it was quiet. The fan was going and I yeah. was just like, I can't do this. Yeah. This isn't me. This is, this is like I, when I was a little kid, I wasn't like staring out the window at, you know, the birds and, you know, the trees and everything thinking like, I want to, you know, cater 700 person. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is no, like this is That's not, not the career path you only, envisioned. right. Like yeah. the only way that this is benefiting me is, is, is by in that it's financially supporting sure. me. But other than that, I'm wasting my life doing something that is really of no interest to me. Yeah, and that's a, like a nine to five. So you're doing that like 40 hours a week, something oh, it, that you was, don't it, like. It was more, more than, than four, that because I was salaried. Okay. So oh, yeah. when I, the first, I will never forget the first week that I started working there, they worked 75 hours. Oh my And that gosh. was my, that was my first, first week. week. Yeah. Right, and you know, you'd Don't think, even start slow. Right, yeah. and you know, you'd think, okay, we'll give them like maybe even less than 40 yeah, yeah, hours yeah, yeah. just so you know, you can get, yeah, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. hit the ground running, get, yeah. you know, get used to things sure. or whatever, but like 75 hours, that <laughs> yeah, was like my first week. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I was like, we agreed on a salary, but like, yeah. you're making me work twice, <laughs> twice yeah. the amount of hours. Yeah. Like, this is not going to work. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it, it was, it was pretty high stress, I think yeah. from, from the, um, the outset, but, um, but yeah, I literally saw, I went up to, what do you I, think made that change in that, that, that one day? Like, what do you think like clicked in your mind? That was like, I mean, I'm it, done. I think it was, a it was build a buildup. Up. Yeah. It was, it was probably a buildup. Yeah. And I was just, I, and it's also kind of a service, like a service industry thing where, you know, you just, everybody talks to you like you are less than sure you know yeah because they yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, know that's just mean. kind of like even I was though a they may not for a while so i get that feeling. right like yeah. even though they may not like genuinely think that you are less than yeah. they talk to you like you're less than yeah and that's just like very degrading yeah. to the human spirit i feel like yeah um, yeah and you can take it you know for like a couple weeks and then it starts to build more and more and right then you just start to internalize it and just get right more mad right yeah. right absolutely and i think that um a lot of the frustration and the anxiety because it was a lot of anxiety. Yeah. You know, in that position, like doing a 700 person breakfast, you know, I'm managing a staff of, you know, 15 to 20 employees and organizing them to hit everybody with service, you know, water, everybody clear, everybody's plates, you know, get coffee out there. I mean, it's, there's it's a like lot having of steps. eight full restaurants yeah. in one exactly. In one area. Exactly. Yeah. It's like doing an entire night's worth of service yeah. at one time. Yeah. So I mean it's very stressful. Um, but yeah, I just I, I felt like that position was really starting to stifle my creativity. It okay. was starting to kind of just kind of put a damper on it in the in the sense of like You'd go home and be like, eh. Right. I don't want to do it. Like anything. by the time when the time I got home, I'd just be like, no, like yeah. I literally just want to eat, lay in bed, and eat crab rangoon. Yeah, like that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. That's all I want to do. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, so I went up to my boss and I just said, "Hey, I need to talk to you privately." Mm-hmm. And I pulled him outside, and I just started crying. And yeah. I just said, "I can't do this anymore. Yeah. This is not me. I am not happy." Yeah. And um, you know, I, I. I have had to start, you know, uh, taking anti-anxiety medication. And yeah. I'm not really sure if, if it's because of this position sure, or if it's because of, you know, where I am in life yeah, or yeah. what it is. But I know that right now this job is not good for me. Well, that's good for you. That's, yeah. a, that's a hard thing to do. And he said, okay, so, you know, do you want to put in your two weeks or do you want to be done today? And I said, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you. I need to be done today. Like yeah. I need to like, just here are my keys. Yeah. I need to leave. Yeah. And that's what I did. 
And um, I took a couple weeks and I didn't really have a job. I just kind of relaxed. I just, you know, um, just just spent time um, focusing on self care. Yeah. Um, and was that hard for you to do? Because I feel like if I I'd be like fr- like scared a little bit. I mean, it would be hard for was. me to relax. Yeah. Right. It, it definitely was, but um, I'm in a very very fortunate situation right now to where I have a uh, you know a roof over my head and sure. I don't have to worry yeah. about that. Um, I'm living. You know, my my girlfriend, my wonderful girlfriend, and I um, are living with her great aunt. Um, oh, cool. Who owns a duplex in Sherman Park. That's nice. So she lives on the top floor and yeah. she was literally just using the first floor for storage. Oh. And I mean, it was, well, you know, there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was, nice. so we approached her and we're like, you know, well, how about, you know, we, you know, we help you out around the house. We'll plow yeah. the snow in the winter. We'll mow the lawn, you know, we'll, yeah. you know, we'll take care of, you know, take care of, uh, you know, the cat, her cats because she's got a lot of cats. And <laughs> I mean, it just kind of became a trade. Yeah. So, we get to live there now um, for free. You know, yeah. she doesn't charge us rent or anything. Um, so, how is living there? Do, do you like it? Or? It's been really nice. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing that has happened since we lived there is that her aunt was diagnosed with um, terminal cancer. Oh, so um, which has has kind of necessitated us being there even more. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. For so, sure. um, it, it's nice to be close. Yeah, um, because that's that's uh, that's basically that's my girlfriend's mom. That's the way that. Yeah that relationship works. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I'm sorry to hear that. That's awful. I mean, she's gone into chemo and the, um, cancer has shrunk by, uh, two thirds. So it's, you know, started to shrink. It's not curable, but, um, it's responding very well. That's good. So that's, yeah, yeah. it's about as good of a diagnosis as we can get right now. Yeah. I, cause uh, the only reason I asked that is cause Sherman, you said Sherman park, right? Mm -hmm. It kind of gets a bad rap sometimes Mm -hmm. as being like, kind of dangerous yeah. and not a very nice place to yeah. be. Um, I don't, I obviously don't live there, so mm-hmm. I don't know, but like, do you, you don't get that vibe at all. Do you No, It's really interesting. So her, um, we're just going to say her mom. So her mom, um, is actually a retired, um, homicide detective well, for, the, for the That's, city of Milwaukee. You don't, I don't never, I don't think I've ever met a person that does that. Yeah. I've only seen yeah. it on TV. Homicide. And then she also did drug, uh, drug task enforcement. Wow. Um, so and, she's really in there. So like, she, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she That's was crazy. there for a while. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, she's, I, I feel secure sure. there just yeah, for yeah, that yeah. reason. But then also it's really interesting. We live in a pocket of Sherman park yeah. that is like 95% Hasidic Jews. Oh, so I wouldn't even know that they were there. Right. Either. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's very, very interesting. Like on on the weekends, you know, you see them walking to sure. um, I'm, I'm assuming it's a synagogue yeah. um, in, you know, traditional clothing. And, you know, it's wow. very. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. almost like, you know, you you you're stepping back in time sometimes yeah. when you see them all yeah. walking down yeah, the street yeah, yeah. and just like this very, very traditional, you know, f- giant fur hats and all yeah. that stuff. So, yeah. Um, it's it's a very diverse community, and yeah. I think that that is probably like why I enjoy it. Like I feel yeah. at home. I don't yeah. like to be in like a very you know like um, sure like, it, a, like a suburb it, exactly. Like I don't <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't know. I enjoy that. That's cool. Yeah. So um, back to for like photography. When did you start, and like why? initially um, were you always creative like as a young kid or yeah i mean i always enjoyed photography i guess i started taking pictures like honestly 
probably like when I was in like seventh grade was when I bought oh, my really? first digital camera. So probably that would have been like 2002. Wow. Was when I got my first digital camera. It was like two megapixels. <laughs> <laughs> Super blocky. It was like, yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. And I just like remember taking like close up macro pictures of like turtles and like flowers <laughs> yeah, yeah. and bees and yeah. like whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, then like I, I kind of set it aside for a little bit. It's always kind of like been like a hobby of mine, but never okay. something like I've like gone into like full force okay. necessarily. Yeah. Um, when I most recently got back into photography was, um, back home in St. Louis when I started my account Fixie mm-hmm. and I was really, I really just started the account because I was riding my bike everywhere. I yeah. saw more things because I wasn't in a car or in a yeah. bus and I didn't have that glass and metal like sure. you know boxing me in yeah you know it's yeah. just free I was on a bike I could go wherever I wanted I could go on the sidewalks I could go on the grass yeah. you know so yeah. you just see a lot more yeah so I wanted to start taking pictures um of you know just what I saw um and one day I biked past um an abandoned hospital saw, saw that yeah in St. Louis that yeah. they were tearing down um I mean I saw the church the abandoned church Is it, did you there's take, a lot of yeah. abandoned stuff yeah yeah. yeah, there's a lot You're of You're from St. Louis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's this that's kind of my theme is like abandoned buildings and sure. stuff. Sure. Um so I made a post on my Instagram and I just said, "Hey, I'm thinking about going and exploring this abandoned hospital tonight. Yeah. Would anybody be interested in coming with me?" Yeah. And a couple of people messaged back and we met up that night and we went and explored this like 12-story abandoned hospital in St. Louis. Wow. Um and we took a bunch of pictures and we started posting the pictures. And then we just started getting followers. Like people just started like following us because yeah. we were just like posting, you know, these pictures from inside these abandoned yeah, buildings. Sure. And people were like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, yeah Especially yeah. at night. Like, why are you yeah. going in there at night? That's so scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we're, and we're posting like all sorts of crazy pictures of like 50 gallon drums of like asbestos and like, yeah. you know, like all sorts of crazy stuff. And then we just started driving around and we, realized that there were abandoned buildings everywhere oh, yeah. um and so we just just started exploring them all i mean and there's schools there's so many schools abandoned schools in st louis there's probably like 10 to 15 abandoned schools in st louis Jeez. i mean full-size schools like yeah. high schools wow um i mean we would explore churches funeral homes i mean yeah. you name it like uh, hotels uh i mean just everything anything anything yeah, yeah. so where in st louis did you grow up uh webster groves did you like it? Like, was it? Um, yeah, I don't, but it I don't was, think I've ever was, been to St. Louis. Uh, yeah, St. Louis is very interesting. It's very segregated. Okay. Uh, similar opinion. to Milwaukee. Yeah, very yeah. similar to Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, but the area of St. Louis that I grew up in was is, is very affluent and mm-hmm. very white. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's probably like part of it was that another th- part of it that interested me is that there's this imaginary line in St. Louis where it's like. You know, and it's, 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 if you ever go to St. Louis, you'll have yeah. to check it out. It's called Del Mar, Del Mar Boulevard. And like, once you just go like a block north of it, I mean, there's abandoned houses everywhere. Wow. And it's just like, you know, there are people, you know, sitting on, you know, front porches shooting up. I mean, it's just really bad. Yeah. But if you go like a block, a one block south you have gated communities with like million dollar houses and like you know bmws outside it's it's insane it's ridiculous like it's just it's that stark of a contrast that's crazy that happens really quickly oh it's like two blocks 
like it's two blocks and like you go from like from like uh you know 85 percent college graduation to like five percent college graduation that's nuts i mean you go for yeah like house values are like thirty five thousand dollars on average to like eight hundred thousand dollars on average yeah and just like a two block difference is so, that do you think that's just uh, historical and it just kind yeah, of just i think mounted it's white a, flight yeah. i think a lot of it's white flight um but that was i guess growing up like we never really had a reason to go north of Del Mar. Yeah. Like we didn't. Like nothing that we ever needed was up there. Like yeah. Chuck E. Cheese's wasn't up there. <laughs> yeah, Walmart yeah, yeah. wasn't up there. Yeah. You know, like none of the restaurants that we went to were up there. Yeah. There just wasn't any reason for us to go up there, but that's sure. like half of St. Louis. Yeah. You know? So here I am in college and like 18, 19 years old. And I'm like, I have, you know, my own car yeah. and I'm not living at my parents' house. I'm living at, you know, the college dorms and I'm, kind of like in North St. Louis now, like that's where my college was, sure. was in the university of Missouri. St. Louis is mm. in North St. Louis. So I was up there. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it was like right next to the highway, so I didn't yeah. have to like drive through sure. it all the time, but yeah. like I was exposed to it yeah. and it just made me interested. I was like, I've lived here my entire life and I have no idea what's up here. Yeah. And so I just started exploring and, uh, that's really what I think got me interested in taking pictures again was just documenting, um, the poverty, yeah. the, um, the abandonment, mm -hmm. um, it just, just the contrast in, uh, and the, the segregation that you can see just on that street, um, of Del Mar. Yeah. Um, so I did a series called North of Del Mar and, um, took pictures and interviewed people and, um, you know, went to, to like, you know, crack houses and wow. talked to prostitutes and yeah, I mean, it was really, really, um, some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean yeah. That, that has to be some intense, like, mm -hmm. just stories from people and 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 just interacting with people that, you know, like, are probably close to rock bottom, you know, and oh, they yeah. don't have any oh, yeah. options to like oh, do yeah. anything else. Oh yeah, which I mean, is, there was one guy that I interviewed um, who was living in a homeless encampment um, in downtown St. Louis, and like two months after I talked to him, his tent caught fire, and while he was inside, and he died. You know, that's unbelievable. I mean, he literally hit rock bottom. Yeah. You know, jeez. So. And and that's the craziest part to me is that people are like, yeah, you know, we're, we're fine. Right. That's for you, by the way, if you want it. Oh, is it really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, people are like, yeah, you know, it, it's not, you know, things are getting better and blah, blah, blah. And things are fine. And maybe in some places that's true, but like here in Milwaukee, it's like things aren't, things aren't that much better than they were. You right. know what I mean? Like I, I run a lot and, I ran from here to Franklin, which is like 20 minutes south. Oh, wow. And so I ran um, through like... On the Oak Leaf? Uh, no, I ran through the city. So okay. I ran through like Walker's Point and like oh, places wow. in there. And it was a similar kind of thing sure. where it was like a lot of abandoned stuff, a lot of people um, staring at me. You know, right. I don't think they see a lot of like just right. white dudes running through their neighborhood. Right. Um, a lot of places, especially like here in Milwaukee, and it's been documented a lot through like um, different reportings that like, it is so segregated still. And, um, yeah, I just, it's, it's pretty crazy. It is. And I think the thing that kind of drove me to want to document it and, um, to show people is that I felt like a lot of the people who had the power to do something about the problems yeah. in North St. Louis 
never had any reason to go there. Like they didn't, they didn't know that there was, there were problems. Oh. You know what I mean? Because it, it's sure. just like, it's out of it's sight, a, out of easy mind. Easy to ignore. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. if you don't have any reason to go there, then it's not really bothering you, is it? Sure. It's yeah. not a problem that you have to deal with yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. And it's very impoverished in North St. Louis. So yeah. I kind of wanted to expose that. And, yeah. you know, I, I, um, at one point actually had, um, a anonymous, uh, who someone who claimed to be a, a St. Louis city politician, yeah, threatening me really over social media about the the photos that I was posting. What saying what like take them down um, or yeah, like yeah basically or I'm gonna have you arrested. Um, you for know, what? For, well for um, because I was taking pictures of people using drugs, oh. shooting shooting up heroin, okay, smoking crack, sure. Um, so basically, I guess like promoting that or I, yeah. I don't really know. I don't know the legal how, ramifications how exactly. of that either. It never, yeah. it, it never developed into anything yeah. um, more than just a, a social media threat. But, you know, I, I think that I, I kind of hit a nerve, yeah. um, which was which was uh, a good feeling. But that's the thing that people need to do more of, you know, right. is like go there and like show that this is happening. Right. And it is real. Right. I mean, we can't just like bury help. Right. We can't just bury our heads, heads in the sand. That doesn't do anything. Yeah. Like the problem still exists. Yeah, exactly. Just you just ignore it. And don't right. Look. It doesn't yeah. go away. Yeah. So, so uh, do you do any of that here in Milwaukee? Have you like explored in the more impoverished parts of, of Milwaukee and done any like photography like that? Yeah. So um, that's actually been what's interesting about, um, about I guess, me leaving my job is that yeah. what I've been doing in the meantime while um, Anissa and I are getting our business um, running up sure. and going is I've just been doing Uber Eats. Yeah. So I've just been literally just been doing food delivery. Um, but what's really interesting about it it's is that it's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it takes me all over. Yeah. Like it, 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 it's exposing me to like different areas of the city that I've never seen before. Sure. Um, you know, just in the past three weeks, for example, I've found three abandoned churches. Like yeah. I'm really excited yeah, about that. Go back. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. So, I mean, it's helping me take, you know, find different places of interest that I might want to take pictures of. It's just, it's, it's helping me get a better feel for the city. And I think that yeah. that's a really cool thing. And I um, actually was, have been thinking about that lately. Like if I ever moved to another city, I think for the first couple of months, I would love to just do Uber Eats yeah. to just like get a, you know, better feel for the layout of the sure. city and, you know, just I, I learn the different restaurants and yeah. around town. And yeah, I just, I think that it's a really good way to learn a city. And like it forces you to explore. Exactly. And it pays you to yeah. do it. And it so, pays me too. Yeah. yeah. And if they don't show up after five minutes, I get to keep their food too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you can take it nothing off. wrong with that. <laughs> take so, it back. So yeah, um, is yeah. So I guess the your Instagram account. I mean, the photos you have are pretty amazing. Like Thank they're, I, like they're photos that like I aspire to like take one day. Um, and you just traveled, not just, but like you were on the West Coast, mm -hmm. right? Um, where'd you go from? We flew into um, Portland, Oregon. Okay. And then, I was just there too, yeah. Yeah, isn't yeah. it beautiful? Oh, it's I crazy. It, it's, it seems like a crime to take photos out there because it's just like you can just do this. <laughs> I know. And everything I know. looks good. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Um, so, yeah, so we flew into Portland and then uh, we rented a car. And we, so we stayed in Portland for two days and then we went down to Eugene. Um, and then we stayed in Eugene, Oregon for two days. Mm -hmm. And then from Eugene, we went to Crater Lake National Park. Okay. And then we camped there for two days. And then we drove down to the Redwoods. And then we spent one night in a hotel and one night camping down there in the Redwoods. And okay. then we went down, drove down to San Francisco and finished off in San Francisco. What was your favorite part? Like, oh, the Redwoods. By, yeah. By I haven't far. gone there yet. 
Oh yeah. yeah. They're it, it's unbelievable. Like I cried when I saw them the first time. Like I was driving down the road and I saw my first redwood and I just like just a tear just they, came down. They're my face. massive. Well it, it I mean it, it's just very humbling. Like it just makes you feel so small. Yeah. Like they're just thousands yeah. of years old. I mean right? they're just insanely yeah. yeah, they're just insanely big. Yeah. yeah. When you take pictures like that, like when you went up the coast, is there a specific like vibe that you go for like do you have like a style i guess or do you just kind of take pictures and just edit them i don't know i think i'm i think i'm probably my own worst critic i mean i took probably like 3500 photos while i was while i was out west but i probably only posted like 15 yeah you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i have so many photos yeah but i i just like i just uh, there will always, I, I don't know. I, I still haven't gone through all of them, but there sure. are a lot where I'll be like, oh, that's off just a little bit. Mm. And I don't want to post that. But yeah. I don't know. I guess my style is like, I just want to it to be like whimsical almost. That's, like yeah, that's kind of how I feel about want it. want it to be like, where is that? I want people to just like want to know like, yeah. oh my God, like that's crazy. Where, where is he? Like, yeah. Yeah. Do I you, guess that's kind of like just the goal. Yeah. Cause some of the pictures, I mean, I'm just pumping you up here, but like some of the, some of the pictures I look at and I'm like, is that even real? Like it doesn't look real. And there's a specific picture I have, uh, in mind that, uh, I forget the exact, but there's, the sun is kind of coming through. There's a bunch of trees. I think it was when you were on the West coast. Um, I could pull it up later. Oh but. yeah, I know what you're talking about. That yeah. was redwoods. Yeah, 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 with the mist and stuff and yeah. the fog. And I'm like, yeah. geez, that doesn't yeah. look like a real place. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's how. That's why the redwoods were so amazing. Is that it's like, yeah, I don't know. I I I'm not necessarily a very religious person, but yeah. if I were to ever talk to God, that would be the place. That where you go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It would be hard not to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. You just it's just so humbling. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Um. And this is completely different, but I, I saw that you used to work. Where'd you used to work? Like before the like Bartolotta's and it, there was like a, you worked at like a shelter or something or volunteered at a shelter or. Um, so I, I've had a, a couple of jobs. Those were back in St. Louis. But, yeah. Um, I was working as a case manager for homeless and at risk youth. That's what I was. Yeah. Yeah. Was. So I was, I was a case manager for homeless and at risk youth in St. Louis. I had about like 15 kids on my caseload between the ages of like 13 and 20 to 21 um, okay. years old. How and did you get into How did you decide to do that and volunteer? Um, did you volunteer there at first? No, or I, I worked there. I worked there full time. Well, I have okay. a degree in social work. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, I went there. I had actually the organization was Epworth children and family services. And I had, um, worked there part time during an off year of college. Um, I went my freshman year, um, to Northland college, which is about five and a half hours North of here in Ashland, Wisconsin. And I was studying outdoor education. Yeah. Yeah. I was studying outdoor education and, um, I kind of just decided that was not for me came back to St. Louis. I took an off year Mm -hmm. um, and I worked part-time for Epworth Children and Family Services as a street outreach worker um, working with homeless youth. Sure. Um, And that was what got me into um, social work. And I, that was what made me, I'm like, okay, this, I love this. This is like a good fit for me. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to school for social work. So um, 
that's uh, what I went to school for. And then um, when I graduated, I was doing an internship for Lifeline, the suicide okay. um, prevention yeah. hotline. So I was a crisis intervention specialist there for two years. And then I switched over to um, being a case manager again with Epworth Children and Family Services. So what was that like, like working with, with kids like that? Was it, was it, was, it tough? It like, was. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the, the thing that's really frustrating is like when... Um, because I, I would I would like describe myself as a helper, like a helper sure. type of person. And you want to help so much, like right. all the time. You right. can't turn it off. Is that the kind of? Well, it's not necessarily that you can't turn it off. It's that sometimes, you know, not just sometimes, like a lot of the time, I found that I wanted to help the kids that I was working with more than they wanted to help themselves. Sure. So, you know, for example, you know, they would come to you and their primary um, complaint would be, you know, that they were hungry and that yeah. they, you know, didn't have access to food and, you know, you'd offer to drive them to, you know, a food pantry sure. or, you know, set up an appointment for them to get, you know, sign up for food stamps yeah. and they just wouldn't show up. And it wouldn't be a matter of they didn't have transportation to get to where you were. It was, yeah. you could, I would drive to their house and wait in their driveway oh. or, you know, the house that sure. they were staying yeah, at yeah, yeah. Um, but I, or, or, or the shelter that they were staying at it's to pick them up to transport them and they okay. just wouldn't show up okay so it it did become you know very frustrating yeah um, i bet but i think that another part of that is that social workers are underpaid and overworked oh for sure so and know, underappreciated right yeah. and i think that ultimately that was what kind of um kind of pushed me away from um social work at least in st louis um yeah because i can imagine like you it's it's that like I, I don't, I don't have kids. So, but my assumption is like, if your kid is going through something and you're like a good parent and you're like, I just want to help you, but they like, they don't want your help, but right. like, I just want to tr help right. you. Like, come on. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like it's that back and forth. Is there any specific person that you can like r recall from that, that you like did r really help and it like impacted you in any way? Like, I think more so there isn't like necessarily one specific person that I can think mm -hmm. of, but there was one role that I had while I was working there that I think was um, like the most like impactful for me and for the, the kids that I was working with. And it was um, once a week I would go to a, 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 a children's home okay. um, and it was kind of like an emergency shelter for kids. Okay. So it, it, it could, they could be there for whatever reason, yeah. you know, but m I think most of the time the kids were, you know, 17 and under. So they weren't okay. adults. They couldn't, you know, go and stay wherever they wanted. Sure. It was basically like, you know, mom and dad got arrested and oh, okay. we don't have any place to go with the kids. None of your relatives, none of the relatives can come and, you know, get these kids, you know, so you. they have to have a place to stay yeah. until one of their parents gets out of jail or whatever, Okay, you know? So it was that type of emergency sure. shelter, like yeah. the circumstances under which they were there were not really that great. Yeah. Um, so once a week I would come in and I would teach life skills classes okay. and it would be, you know, anything from, you know, learning how to be smart with your money mm -hmm. to, um, um, teaching these kids about the subliminal messages and like pop culture music, yeah. you know, like some like the, some of the things that that they s are in the songs that you know are popular that to them singing. that they're singing yeah. all the time. And do you really think about what that means? Are do you partake in what yeah. you know you're singing about? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying to help them think a little bit mm. deeper. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I think that in that role, I really stimulated those kids. Like, it was not, it was not, it was never a class where like the kids were sitting there bored with their arms sure, crossed yeah. at the ceiling, you know. 
I like challenged their beliefs, yeah. their thoughts. Like I would, you know, sometimes like I would make fun of certain rappers, like yeah. Lil Wayne. Like I'd be like, Lil Wayne is like, he's literally a piece of garbage. <laughs> and these kids would be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, tell me why he's not. Tell me why he's better than Chance the Rapper. Yeah. You know, like, and yeah, I yeah, just yeah. like, I would just try to stimulate their minds, you know, because yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's challenging their beliefs. And yeah. I think that that's a good thing. I think um, that's just missed out on a lot of schools generally you oh know, yeah a lot of it is just memorization at this point it's not right. actually learning anything right. you're just figuring something out for a test right. you're right. not like benefiting right and i mean i think i don't know i i i really think that um we need to change some of the education in america like i think that there needs we need to change the emphasis just like we need to change gun laws in america yeah you know like yeah it, we need to change some of the education. And I think that we honestly need to start having a class on how to teach people to be nice to each other. Yeah. Like I yeah. really, as sad as that sounds. Yeah. Like I think that we really do. It's crazy need that to like, there is not a class that exists already like that. Right. Like some sort like, of like, like for like second or third graders, yeah. like literally just teaching kids how to be nice to each other. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think that that would be a really great idea. And I would love for my kid yeah. to go to a class like that. I, I, I just think, with a lot of stuff, a lot of the argument against it is, um, you know, that's, well, it's fine how things are, or like things aren't like that. And like, people are afraid of like the progression of like society and like where mm -hmm. things are going. It's like, right. we're not in the same place we were 50 years ago. Like right. it's different here. Exactly. So like we need to adapt to exactly. that instead of being like, no, it's, and I feel like the schools kind of fell under the same category where it's like all the curriculum and things that they're teaching are the same. Right. You know, there's not really a change in the style or like even the classes offered it's just it's it's all the same and we need to adapt for the change that's happening here right and right. i just don't feel like that is happening I, I don't either and i guess the unfortunate thing is that our life expectancy keeps getting longer and longer so yeah, yeah. these old people who hold these antiquated sure. beliefs are, are going to be in power longer power. and longer <laughs> are going to be in pl that place of power longer which yeah. kind of sucks and but. i mean it also it also just sucks cause i feel like there's a lot of people that that probably have the potential to be excellent teachers that never want to do it because it's a terrible field to get into. It's right. underpaid it's and underpaid. overworked as right. social workers are and right. under underappreciated. And right. Yeah. It just, I bet there'd be a lot of great teachers if they got paid a oh, little absolutely. more and had a little absolutely. better benefits. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially here in absolutely. Wisconsin. But um, back to the photography thing. So with your business and like photography in general, where do you kind of see that going? Where would you want it to go? Like, do you want you want it obviously to become a full time thing, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think that my goal, and I would hope that this is a goal of a lot of um, people in, in my generation, our generation, yeah. is that I don't want to work for someone else. Yeah, I think that really that is my goal. Yeah. Is that when um, you know Anissa and I do decide to have a family, mm -hmm. um, you know. I don't want somebody else telling me, sorry, no, you can't go to your kid's soccer game today. Sure. Yeah. You, you want to make your own hours. You want to be right. able to like, make your own choices. That's not going to fly with me. Like yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to be able to handle that. Yeah. So I, I know that at least for myself, like I, I'm going to work for myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, you know, be a self-made man. I'm yeah. going to, you know, make my own living. I would rather make, you know, 
um, fifty thousand dollars of my own money yeah. than a hundred thousand dollars of somebody else's money. Yeah, where they're telling you what to do and what, where right. to be and like exactly. But I feel like that may, that's already makes you probably a good parent. Is that like you want to be there for your kids? Well, right, <laughs> like right, you want I to be know. like potentially. That's that's just a nice thought though. Right. I mean, but I guess it goes back into again. You know, like the same reason why I walked out on my job. Yeah. It's like. This is not what when I was a little boy, like this is yeah. not what I like wanted to do with my <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. and I guess the way I'm thinking about it is like and I guess this this depends on your belief system, but we get one go around. That's why it's like it to me it's so important to like f- find something that you love to do. You know, like if if you you know, hopefully if you are someone that really likes to do accounting or something, if that like right. really stimulates you, yeah. great, go do it. Great. But like I'm just <laughs> I'm the same way because I work at a job and I, I do have a nine to five, but I like really love what I do. So right. like going in there, I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is cool. Like I like doing this. Right. And it's awesome because like I've been in, in jobs before that where it was like, oh God, mm-hmm. I'm here all week. Right. <laughs> like in the hours just like going by so slow. Well, and it's, it, it's like the old saying is, you know, you, you find a job you love and you'll never work a day of your life. Yeah. And I mean, I guess like that's what I'm working on. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a lot of old sayings like that that you you laugh at as a kid, but as you grow older, true. they become more yeah. and more true. It is. It's You're very like, true. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what's like the website and stuff for for? Do you have a website for your um, photography? Not business? yet. We are working on it. We have we're we're sifting through all of our portfolio photos and all okay. that stuff and deciding what we're going to put up but um that'll be up soon i can get you the details for that yeah but, yeah let me know and then uh is the what's the instagram account uh, for it's it? just ollie and annie photography okay yep yeah cool and and just like to wrap up here so we both have dealt with uh mental illness or are dealing with mental illness right. sort of things what I mean, if you feel comfortable talking about that, like what have you kind of gone through in that capacity? Uh, you talked a little bit about with the job and having anxiety right. and things like that. Um, I think like anxiety is is really um, is is really something that I have only been able to identify within myself within like the past year, okay. and that's really embarrassing. Like for it's me. not though, but it, but it I guess it is because I was previously you know, a mental health professional. Like that was, sure. you know, my field. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I worked f- for, you know, a suicide prevention hotline yeah. with 40 hours a week for two years. Yeah, yeah. Dealing with people who were struggling with depression yeah. and anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm helping all of these people identify their anxiety and work sure. through their anxiety. And I've been struggling with my own anxiety for probably, you know, the past 10 to 15 years. But I have, I've, I guess... You just couldn't put a finger on it. It was kind of like right. other things were causing it. Right, like not really knowing what the issue was, mm-hmm. like what was causing like these, you know, just like a, an imbalance in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, my relationship, my current relationship um, has really helped me progress as far as like my mental health is concerned. Um uh, and and I have like learned a lot about myself from yeah. my girlfriend. Yeah. Um. As far as that goes, like she's helped me identify that it's anxiety mm-hmm. and when my anxiety is starting to get bad because I think that those are things that I struggle with. Sure. Um, like identifying when I'm starting to have like a wave of anxiety. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, but it, so, that's awesome, though. Isn't that great to have someone else there oh, that yeah. like is helping you oh, grow yeah. as a person? I mean, yeah, it's like amazing. It's like where were you my entire life? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So exactly. So yeah. So um, I think like that. I've been dealing with my mental health journey for a while, but I feel like like the the healing and and it's come to the forefront more now. Right, is like is only really started to begin within the past year. Now that like I've really started to identify like what's you know sure. going on, um, and and I'm doing you know basically what most people would do. You know, yeah. like counseling and medication and yeah. um, just a, a, a continuum of care and taking care of myself and self care. Yeah. Um, just those are really important things to do, um, especially self care. I think that a lot of people um, spend, uh, especially someone like me who's an is an empath. Like I spend so much time worrying, worrying about, about everyone other else. people. Yeah. That like I don't really take that much time to like take care of myself. Sure. Um, so I think that that's something that I've been um, working on a lot more lately. Yeah, and I, I think that that's just true when you meet someone really great. Because, like, I, um, I've i been dealing with stuff since I was, like, 10 years old. Like, I have OCD and anxiety mm-hmm. um, and, like, a really bad panic disorder and stuff. And um, I would, like, see therapists, like, off and on. And, and, like, I met someone really great. And now I'm like, well now I really want to get this figured out because like, I don't want, I don't, you know what? I don't want that right. to affect them either. Right. Like it to the point where I'm like having panic attacks and they're like, right. are you, di- are you, are you dying? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I feel yeah, like I exactly. am. Like I, it's, and I was talking about this. I actually had a, a psychotherapist on, on the podcast uh, yesterday and we were talking about this, about how like even, we never really think how mental illness just affects people around us. And that's like mm-hmm. something that has like come to the forefront, even with my family, like within, within the past year, I'm just like, I never thought of that. You know, like I was right. just thinking about myself while right. I was just having all these panic attacks. I, know. I wasn't thinking about how worried they were or how like scared. And I'm like, I'm, I mean, I owe it to myself to like work on this and feel better, but like them too. Like I want right. to have healthy and happy relationships with people around me. Right. Too. So, yeah. Yeah, there's stuff I learned about myself this year that I never would have realized. And that's mm-hmm. the craziest part when you start going to therapy and right. like counseling. You're like, I didn't even know I did that. <laughs> like, that's nuts. Right. Like, I could have gone my whole life without knowing that. But now but now I know. But yeah, exactly. I'm glad that, that you're figuring it out and stuff. That's, yeah. that's great. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and um, just to kind of touch on, again, what you were saying about, like, not, you know, really thinking about other people, like, struggling yeah. with, like, mental health. I think that, like that's another reason why like we should have a class for like kids in elementary school. Yeah. About like mental health too to like help them understand at a young age that if someone is acting in a crazy way it's not necessarily because they're not crazy. They're a bad yeah. person yeah. or you know like because you know and I'm just going to say it because little kids think this way but or because their race or ethnicity sure is bad. Yeah. You know they need to understand that there's more to it, that yeah. they're underlying. We need to be teaching that at a young age so that these kids aren't growing up thinking they're just they're I've had a bad experience with yeah. that person or yeah. that type of person. So that must mean that they're all bad. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. I think oh, black need, people are crazy. Right. Yeah, like like yeah. just because, you know, they saw something crazy on cops on TV yeah. or something like, you know, you can't, you, it, I think that we need, we need to be helping kids understand mental health at a very young age. Oh, for sure. The developmental phase is like huge because like, even when I was young and I've first got diagnosed my parents um bless their heart like they they didn't want um me like getting made fun of or like people thinking i was crazy because like they're like just don't tell anyone about it which like affected me poorly now 
because like you feel like you have to hide that. You yeah, feel like exactly. It's, it's, it's you've become it's just a stigma. Yeah, and yeah. then and then you don't talk about it with anyone, exactly. so you feel like you're by yourself. Exactly. And like I'm the crazy exactly. one, especially with OCD. It's like the thoughts I'm having are like so messed exactly. up, and I'm like, I must be a serial killer. Uh-huh. Like I must be legit right. crazy. <laughs> like and and yeah, having like a class just to accept and like know there are other people that are different than you and that's fine. And like being supportive of other people, like going through stuff. And And I feel like also on top of that, it would help kids understand things that they might be going through themselves. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like it's an, it would just be an all around wonderful thing. Yeah. Maybe that's something that, you know, our generation will work into our kids curriculum, you know, growing up. But um, I, I, I'm just excited to see where, um, you know, our, our, our nation and the world progresses with mental health, because I think yeah. that we've made a lot of progress, yeah. um, in the past decade. And I'm excited to see, um, it, the continuation. Yeah. I, I'm just, it's crazy how, um, I mean, it's, it's a stupid reference, but have you ever watched Mad Men? Mm-hmm. There's that, there's a scene with Betty Draper where she's having like a panic right. attack right. and like, it, even even back in the the fifties and sixties, wherever, when people just like, oh no, you're just it's not mental health, it's like right. something else. Like we progressed so far to the right. point where people are actually talking about this and and seeing at least a lot of mental illness is now as legitimate. Some of them are still like, oh no, that's like whatever. But like we're getting at least better, right? You know, and and yeah, I hope it it progresses too because it's such an important part. There's so many things that could be solved if we just kind of looked at this as an actual thing that we needed to address. You know, it affects so many other different things really that you don't does. really even realize. It really does. You know, so um, anyways, on that note, uh, yeah. you can go check out uh, your your photography and uh, it's Fixie, which is P-H-I-X-E-Y. You got it. On Instagram. And then uh, Ali and Annie, which is O-L-I-A-N-D-A-N-I photography. Awesome. Yep. Well, thanks for joining me, man. Absolutely. I appreciate Thank it. This is great. Me.